0: On today's show, a couple California coaches on the hot seat as reportedly Darvin Ham is experiencing a disconnect with the Los Angeles Lakers roster and Steve Kerr may have lost the Golden State Warriors locker room. We're going to unpack that as well as a check-in with the San Antonio Spurs. Should they be better than they currently are with Victor Wimbanyama and what does Wemby need to do to be able to take over the rookie of the year race currently leading the way Chet Holmgren in in Oklahoma City. It's all coming up right here on today's Locked On NBA. You are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome to another Monday edition of Locked On NBA, the biggest stories with the local experts. I'm your Monday host, Jackson Gatlin, also host of Locked On Rockets right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Now, today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDON for $20 off your first podcast purchase and as always thank you so much for making locked on mba your first listen each and every day free and available wherever you listen to your podcasts and on youtube just search locked on NBA. be sure to like comment and subscribe and as always we do appreciate you making locked on mba part of your day every single day being in every day or whether it's on your way to work on your lunch break in the gym thank you for making the show part of your day every single day Joining us now is the host of Locked on Lakers, Andy Kamenetsky. You can track down wherever you listen to your podcasts and on YouTube. Just search Locked on Lakers. And Andy, it's been a bit of a rough stretch of basketball here for the Lakers. They got a win at home against the Clippers uh, by kind of by the skin of their teeth, honestly, to put an end to that four game skid that they were on where things kind of felt like they were and maybe not quite all the way at rock bottom, but basically right there. If you're the Lakers, there's been reported, I guess, a disconnect between Darvin Ham and, and and the the players because of his decision making, his rotations, all this. So let let's start there. Is Darvin Ham the problem with where this team is at right now?
1: I don't think Darvin Ham is the problem. Uh, there have been so many problems of late. I don't know if you could say any one thing is the problem, but I think. The issue was increasingly starting to look like that. Darwin wasn't the solution, and sometimes it doesn't even matter, depending on where you were. And you mentioned the Lakers not being quite at rock bottom. If this wasn't rock bottom, they were eye level with that rock. You know, they were they were staring that rock dead in the face, square on. And you know, the IST uh, that they won feels like ten years ago. Compared to feels where like they a are season at this point, it, it feels like a different decade compared to where they are right now. And, you know, they're beyond some of Darwin's decisions with the rotation. And uh, I, I think certain schemes, they were doing things like that. His messaging over the last two games, like pregame, postgame was frankly pretty tone deaf and seemed like somebody that would be pretty easy to tune out. And I think made it easy to believe reports or at times just body language that he was being tuned out. But this was a really important win, not just because the Lakers needed a win and they needed a win. You could get it over a quality opponent and the Clippers have been as hot as any team in the league. But also they looked good, even if it was a close game. The Lakers looked really good during this game. And it was a really good team win. Like there was nobody who played in this game for the Lakers that did not make at least some significant contribution throughout the course of it. And I I thought that was really, really important.
0: So if you're the Lakers right now and if Darvin Ham is not the sole issue here, how do you get back to where the way you were playing? Get back to I.S.T. Lakers, right? The Lakers that actually looked good during the in-season
1: tournament. I mean, they need to get their defense back up, you know, for all the focus on. Their offense, which is legit, and lack of sh- outside shooting, at least consistent outside shooting, which is legit. And, you know, for a while, they got D'Angelo Russell back tonight, but and he made a difference. But for a while, you were down to just LeBron and Austin Reeves as trustworthy facilitators, and that's a problem. Their defense has slipped badly during this swoon since the IST final. And that's something they really need to get back on track. Like, it's the reason why Darvin went to this super defense heavy kind of damn the offense starting lineup that had a lot of people confused and reportedly inside the locker room as well. And it may have been too extreme. And he's since altered it by putting Austin Reeves back in the starting lineup. But I understand the impetus. Like, the defense had gotten really really bad and ultimately the defense is what has made this team look at their best you know at times where they looked like they could be in the the second tier of western conference defenders uh contenders behind say like denver um it it was the defense that made it look that way so they need to rediscover that they need to just get back in sync um they need lebron frankly to look a little less tired um he's often looked Pretty fatigued significantly over the course of games during this period. And they just need to get, they need to get back on the same page. And I I think tonight could be helpful because they needed to get some confidence back.
0: A lot of the things that you were saying, especially about the defense, right, just getting on the same page, getting back to, you know, what they want to be able to do on that side of the ball. I I mean, some of those things kind of come when you have a coach who is, you know, coaching, you know, where where his message is falling on deaf ears, right, in that locker room. So much about defense is just buy-in, right? If you're not bought into what you're supposed to be doing defensively, you're going to have lapses. You're not going to communicate. You're not going to be putting your best effort forward on that end of the court, So even if Darwin isn't the full problem at this point with where this team is at, maybe this Clippers win is the win that kind of turns the tides a little bit, but if they fall back into a rut, right? If they, if, if they roll into their next game and they lose against the Raptors, right? And it just goes back to same old, same old. It looks ugly. How much longer do you think this team goes with Darwin hand before they try to make a change and say, you know what? We just need some kind of a change to try and ignite this team and get them playing how we think that they can play.
1: If, if they regret if they go back to regressing again starting Tuesday against the Raptors and they lose another four or five in a row, and they lose in ways that feel listless or where at times they they seem openly disconnected, you know, when when they lost to Miami, you know, the first of the January games and, th- and this January slate is extremely important for the Lakers. It's almost entirely at home. They only leave California three times. During th- this entire month of January, they don't have a back to back until the 29th and 30th of January. I believe those are the dates. So I, they go a long time with, you know, not a, not a cupcake schedule in terms of their opponents. But as far as not having to not having to go on the road, you know, the Lakers have legitimately played a lot on the road to open the season. And frankly, they played a lot of games to open this season more just in terms of how many they had scheduled this was an important, important month for them, and they lost not just badly to Miami, but you know LeBron's body language to me after a while looked very disinterested and disaffected, which obviously is alarming because LeBron is the biggest tone setter on this team. Um, to get back to the question you had, there could come a point where you just again decide that Darwin may not be the problem, but he's not the solution. And you need to find a solution quickly. I don't know if internally Phil Handy or Chris Gent would be that solution or you know, throwing gobs of money at Doc Rivers and, and bringing him out of the booth. For what it's worth, I think he's great in the booth. Um, that would actually be kind of a loss to the broadcasts. But you might just decide somebody else has is more likely to be the answer than Darvin. So I, I think that's what it would be. It would just be the idea of, He may not be the problem, but we have to land on a solution now.
0: Do you think they might explore swinging for a big trade? There were some initial reports about the Lakers maybe pursuing a DeJounte Murray trade, possibly, and the Lakers are always in every single big rumor for every disgruntled player on the market. Could you see them trying to make a trade to kind of band-aid fix the roster a little bit, get LeBron and AD a little bit more help before going scorched earth and just, all right, Darvin,
1: you're out? Well, I mean, here's the thing. If they're going to make a big swing, it can't be a Band-Aid deal because we we saw what happens when you take a big swing that is more about the swing than the fit with Russell Westbrook. And that took an awful lot of efforting and unwinding and frankly losing up to the point where Rob Palinka managed to reconfigure the roster in a way that made much more sense. So I don't think it's out of the question that they would look to make a big deal. Um, particularly if they decide that, for whatever reason, this year's roster isn't clicking the same way it did last year or, say, the absence of somebody like Dennis Schroeder is is hurting them more than they may have anticipated heading into the year. But they can't just make a big swing for the sake of big swings. Like DeJounte Murray, I think, could make sense for them in terms of his skill set and things that he provides. Zach Levine, I think, would be a big swing for the sake of a big swing, and I think it's a terrible idea.
0: What needs to happen for the Lakers to get back on track? If Darvin Ham isn't the solution, then is he potentially on the way out so that they can bring in the solution? You'll have us covered for all that and so much more over at Locked on Lakers. Andy, thanks for stopping by Locked on NBA with me.
1: Anytime, brother.
0: Coming up, Darvin Ham isn't the only coach on the hot seat, potentially, as it looks like Steve Kerr may have lost the Golden State Warriors locker room, plus Draymond Green set to make his return after serving a 12-game suspension, and Chris Paul out for the next four to six weeks. It's all coming up here in just one moment. First, today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. You shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event, right? You're trying to go out and have a good time. You don't want to be stressed about the ticket buying experience. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events happening near you. Game Time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. They've got all in prices and they show you your price all the way up front, right? I don't know about you. My least favorite thing when I'm buying tickets is to go through the whole process and then get to the very end when I'm trying to check out and then suddenly I'm paying like an extra $100 in convenience fees and handling fees and digital ticket fee. It's the worst. Game Time has their all-in price so you know exactly what you're paying up front. No hidden fees, none of that. They're obsessed with finding you ways to help save money on tickets. They've got so many killer deals that you want to take advantage of. Flash deals, last minute deals, all the way up to and including after the start time of your event, so take the guesswork out of buying tickets with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LockedOn for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code LockedOn. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N for twenty dollars off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. And continuing on here at Locked On NBA Monday, some exciting news is Locked On has launched the first ever National Sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every single league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever National Sports 24-7 streaming channel. Joining us now is the host of Locked On Warriors, Cyrus Sots. As you can track down wherever you listen to your podcasts and on YouTube, just search Locked On Warriors. Fresh off the heels of what is, I guess, another in, in a trend of disappointing losses for the Warriors this season. A 133-118 yeah. loss to the Toronto Raptors. And Cyrus, a little bit of maybe... Warriors headline roulette here we've got you know Draymond Green suspension being lifted after 12 games We got Chris Paul out for four to six weeks with the hand injury but where I want to start is Steve Kerr because it kind of feels like with some reporting going on around the scenes in listening to and hearing you know people like you who are close to the team and covering the team on a daily basis it feels like maybe Steve Kerr is, is losing or has lost this Warriors locker room what's your read on the situation? uh it,
2: it's it's not pretty there's no doubt about that and and it's turned into a circus you're absolutely right i've been talking with like some of my media colleagues about how interesting of a year this has been and it this might be the most interesting which is really saying something considering the, the last 10 years uh, of this you know quote unquote dynasty if they're still in it but um, in terms of Steve, yeah, it's it's a circus. It's a lot of drama. There's no doubt about that. And you know, the, I I honestly forgot to even bring up Chris Paul and tonight's locked on Warriors and the fact that Wash reporting is out four to six weeks. Look, the, the, <laughs> look, all I can say is Steve Kerr uh, is embattled. Um, there's a lot of people, myself included, questioning. His decision-making, I, I don't know if you saw the soundbite from his former player, Boogie Cousins, a few days ago, where he flat-out called uh, for a change in leadership with the Golden State Warriors, or at least a consideration of that, and his argument made sense. I agree. I just, ultimately, for me, look, Steve Kerr has never been, in his 10 years plus years as head coach of the Warriors, he's never developed all-star talent in that entire 10 years. And he's at a point now where he has a couple players that – are good enough for him to to develop and to work with and and to build. And he's instead just doubling down, tripling down on veteran players that are clearly on the downside of their careers. The Andrew Wiggins part of it is the most perplexing without question, simply because he's still 28. He turns 29 years old next month, but he looks like a player who has peaked. And who should be retiring after this year, but he's still young and he's got three more years on his contract after this season. So he's not going anywhere. That to me is is the number one problem is the Andrew Wiggins issue because he's not playing good enough to get any minutes. But he's still sticking with him, And that's affecting the development of players like Kaminga and Moody. And it's a hot mess.
0: We had the reports coming out about Kuminga, you know, being upset with with Steve Kerr. And, you know, it's not not the first that we've heard of some frustrations with Kerr this season. Klay Thompson has aired some frustrations as well. At this point, Cyrus, I mean, if you're the Warriors, has Steve Kerr earned enough Like organizational cachet that, you know, not that he can do whatever he wants, not that he's immune to, you know, any kind of backlash, but just do you ride it out with Steve Kerr? Do you do you ride out the end of the big three era, whatever that looks like with Steve Kerr? Or if you're the Warriors, do you maybe start taking those steps organizationally towards setting yourself up for the post Steph Curry era, right? Do you start looking for a different head coach now, somebody that can develop a young talent, or do you even consider possibly trading some of these, you know, waning superstars to be able to get back some assets to set yourself up, to springboard yourself into the next era of Warriors basketball?
2: Yeah, it would it would honestly surprise me if the Warriors didn't pull a trade uh, before the deadline next month. Mike Dunleavy Jr., their GM, alluded to the fact that if the team was still below 500 when Draymond green came back uh that they were going to take action and that is exactly what's going on right now uh in regards to steve kerr i think there's two answers for that because i can give you my personal answer which is that he, look steve kerr over the last five years has been a below 500 head coach literally i think they're a game below 500 as of, at, at the time of this recording um, in terms of his overall record, for five years—that's half a decade—that's not a small sample size. Um, I know, I know, the Warriors won the title in 2022, but look, Frank Vogel won a title, uh, Budenholzer won a title. That was not good enough for them to keep their jobs uh, because those titles are surrounded by a lot of tumultuous seasons with uh, you know underperforming teams. And I feel like Steve Kerr's in a very comparable situation, but like you said, he's earned a lot of good grace. Uh, with the ownership, with the organization, there's going to be fans that I think no matter what will will support him because of the fact he's been the head coach for four title teams. Um, so, I, I, if we're looking at this pragmatically, like realistically, in terms of what's actually going to happen, I, it would shock me if the team took action this season. I, I don't think we're going to see an in-season uh, change in leadership. Um, but is it called for? I I do believe so. And, and one perfect example of this. Is Steve Kerr's number one assistant on paper is Kenny Atkinson, who himself is under a lot of scrutiny because he's like their quote unquote defensive coordinator. And since he took over for Mike for Mike Brown, the Warriors' defense has been abysmal. It's been below average. It has not been up to par in terms of what the Warriors' standards are. But Kerr's main assistant coach, that is his confidant. Is his best friend Bruce Frazier. This is someone that was his teammate at Arizona. This is someone who uh, only got a job in the NBA because Kerr was the GM for the Suns back in the in the 2000s, and and he's technically Steve uh, Stephen Curry's shooting coach. Uh, but but Steve Kerr now has his best friend as his number one assistant. He's the guy he talks to all the time during the game. And a yes man culture just does not translate to success. That is not what leadership is uh is is symbolically representative of yet that's what we're seeing right here um so to 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 make sorry to make this such a long-winded answer but to 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 summarize I don't think he's going anywhere but I certainly do think after this season especially given he's a lame duck coach um that he probably if this continues the way it's going my guess is he'll probably step down to save face uh and then we'll see him back in the broadcast booth next year
0: Last one here for you, Cyrus. Well, we know we've got Draymond Green kind of coming back into yeah. the fold. Hasn't, you know, suspension officially lifted, still working himself back into game shape. So no idea what that's going to look like yet when he steps back onto the basketball court. But the Warriors are losing Chris Paul for at least four to six weeks with the hand injury. How how much of a loss is that for this Warriors team that's already kind of had a bit of a tumultuous season to this point?
2: Uh, yeah, the, the, the Chris Paul injury... Um... Like Chris Paul has been a weird player for the Warriors because he's blended behind the He's blended, Uh, you know, like he like you don't he doesn't stick out for the losses or the wins. I've seen a tremendous value in Chris Paul in the sense of the development of players like Jonathan Kaminga and Trace Jackson Davis. Um, Chris Paul is coaching them more than the actual coaches are doing. And you're seeing those two thrive when Chris Paul is on the court playing alongside them. So to me, Chris Paul's value is is in what he's doing for these young players. Um, The Draymond green part of it is crazy for a lot of reasons. Uh, For starters, when the suspension first came down, uh, Mike Dunleavy Jr. and Steve Kerr both said that Draymond was going to be around the team, um, that he was going to be practicing with the team. He has not been around the team once since the suspension started. Uh, We have no idea where he's been, what he's been doing. His only appearance was at LeBron James's birthday party. I don't think that was a good look, especially when you consider the fact that he's not ready to play right now. He came back. He's not in playing shape. It's going to take a week or two for him to amp up and and, and get his rep so he can actually play. Why was he not with the team so that he could have started playing today? I, You know, th- so th- there's just a lot going on. And the Chris Paul part of it, if he gets traded, it wouldn't surprise me because of the fact that he's making 30 plus million. It's an expiring deal. It's a perfect asset to to make a trade, attach some picks to it so you can get something back. Um, But if he stays, I think there is a lot of value there. And I'm going to throw this idea to you. I haven't even thrown this idea out on the show yet. This is just me just throwing it out. And I'd love to know what you think about this. I honestly think that after this season, if Chris Paul decides to hang it up, I don't know if he wants to keep playing or not, but he's going to turn 39 this year. I think he would be a
0: fantastic candidate to take over as head coach. Um, What do you think? Of the Warriors? Yeah, I look, I think Chris Paul has future head coach written all over him. Absolutely. Damn. Whether he, you know, whether he does it as a, as a player or whether he comes back and wants to, you know, try to win some titles as a coach, whatever. I think he's absolutely going to be one of those guys. He's going to, he's going to be in and around the game for the rest of his life. I don't think he's going to like hang it up and step away and like, you know, be like Jokic and just go tend to his horses out, out and, <laughs> right, you know, right, out and right. whatever. That's not going to be the case for Chris Paul. He wants to be around this game forever. So I could absolutely see him doing that, but maybe, maybe it will be with the Warriors. Maybe. Maybe it'll be with another team. Should they move on from Steve Kerr? Does he have enough cachet? Should they ride it out with Kerr? Who's been their coach throughout this dynasty era of Warriors basketball? What's it going to look like when Draymond Green steps back onto the court? You're going to have us covered for all that and so much more over at Locked On Warrior Cyrus. Thanks for stopping by Locked On NBA with me. It
2: is always a pleasure. Anytime you ask, I'm coming on, brother. Thank you.
0: Coming up, should Victor Wembanyama and the San Antonio Spurs be better than they currently are? And what does Victor Weminyama need to do to take hold of the reins in the rookie of the year race currently leading the way is Oklahoma City's Chet Holmgren. It's all coming up here in just one moment. First, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. The NFL regular season is wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets. Guaranteed, guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose, and all you have to do is wager $5. The app is so easy to use, and there's so many different ways to bet, like live same-game parlays, find bets in the new Explore tab, make a parlay in the Parlay Hub the best way to to find popular parlays, and so much more. Right now, you can take a look at the outright betting favorites for Super Bowl 58, the San Francisco 49ers at plus 230, Baltimore Ravens plus 350, Buffalo Bills at plus 650, and rounding out the top five, the Dallas Cowboys at 750, and the Kansas City Chiefs at plus 900. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get in on the postseason NFL action. Again, that's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. And final segment here at Locked On NBA Monday. Be sure to stay tuned in throughout the week for all the NBA breakdowns, news, and analysis right here at Locked On NBA with our rotating panel of hosts, including Matt Moore and David Ramil on Tuesdays, John Corrales and Jake Madison on Wednesdays, Nick Angstadt and Pat the Designer on Thursdays, and Wes Goldberg and Adam Mares on Fridays. Joining us now is the host of Locked On Spurs, Jeff Garcia, who you can track down wherever you listen to your podcast and on YouTube, just search Locked On Spurs. Now, Jeff, a little bit of, I feel like something that was maybe blown up to be something way more than it was earlier this week. Victor Wimanyama checking himself back into Ah, the game against the Memphis Grizzlies late after he'd already hit his his minutes restriction cap. Mm -hmm. He's being limited to 24 minutes tonight. He checks himself back in. He said post-game that he checked himself back in against the Wishes of the coaching staff and I saw so many different narratives kind of being run with this mm-hmm. like oh my god is Greg Popovich losing control of the locker room does Wimby not like Popovich w- walk us through what you think that situation or how people should read
3: into this situation. They are reading into it simply this he's a competitor that's it I think that's what it really should come down to even Popovich the next game or next day a couple days later said that he's glad that Victor did that because I need to see the number one quote unquote generational next player take steps for this very, very poor Spurs team. If 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 he felt that this team and he did felt they had a chance to get that W and checking himself back in helps, so be it. Now, I don't think he'll do it again. Um, but uh no, I had no issues with it. Popovich didn't have any issue with it. Even his teammates said, uh, for example, Devin Vassell. No issues as well. Although Devin Vassell said he would never pull that stunt with Pop. So he said, no, he ain't doing that. But look, you're the number one pick. You're the franchise. I think the Spurs is going to be, don't do that again, Victor. Okay, don't do that again. And yeah, Devin Vassell and maybe we'll doesn't move.
0: quite have the uh, the wimby cachet yeah. to check himself. Yeah, exactly. But but on, this, yeah. uh, on the minutes, like, you know, the the cap on his minutes, right? I get it. They're trying to be very conservative with it. They don't, you know, he had the, the, the multiple ankle issues. Like just, mm-hmm. uh, you know. At this point, though, is it is it maybe being a bit too aggressive, limiting to, mm-hmm. him to 24 minutes a night? Would you like it to is. see the minutes restriction lifted or at least maybe yes. stretched out a little bit to 28, 30 minutes so that he can get some regular reps in?
3: I, I under, it, it's, a, it's such a fine line. I get what the Spurs are doing. I understand that. But I also understand that he's just a 19-year-old kid. You know, he can bounce back pretty fast. Uh, you know, this is not, you know, aged veteran Victor Wimbayama. This is... Still just a 20-year-old kid. I say, meet in the middle. Fine. You want a minute's restriction Spurs, Wimby wants to get out there. How about a 28, like you mentioned, a 28, you know, 29 around there. Let's do that. Let's meet in the middle. I think that'll keep everybody happy. He's still in the minute's restriction. Popovich said after the uh, loss to Cleveland and in Cleveland that he's also frustrated with the minute restriction. But this franchise historically follows to the letter what the medical staff says. And if they say he's he's time limited on that court, then they're going to stick to that until they lift it. But you're seeing may, maybe kind of a ripple effect of that. You know, if there maybe wasn't an administrative restriction, do the Spurs get that W versus Milwaukee? Do they get that W versus the Cleveland Cavaliers? Uh, you know, you. Know, but all in all, I, I <laughs> the, when they say they take care of player health, they mean it. I mean, I'm not too surprised by this. You know, who's you know, Popovich has done this. Remember, this is the same Popovich medical staff that sat out Tim Duncan in a pivotal playoff game uh when during the Spurs dynasty run, and they lost the series because Tim Duncan didn't play. So yeah, to sacrifice the, a playoff the, the, series. the found yeah. of
0: youth has been in San Antonio for a long time because they have found yeah. a way to rejuvenate and extend yeah. careers because of their their you know lauded mm-hmm. medical staff. So I mean look, you, you follow the professionals, right? You you stick to whatever they're gonna say, mm-hmm. even if guys are frustrated about it, even if it might cost you some wins mm-hmm. here or there. I'm glad you brought up the, the Bucks game because that was One hell of a performance between, you know, Victor Wimanyama dueling Giannis and Tadokounmpo. He had that block late against Giannis, meeting him at the apex right at the rim. He had Mm -hmm. the behind the back dunk in transition, you know, postering Brooke Lopez. What did you see Mm -hmm. out of Giannis, or not Giannis, I apologize, out of Wimby in that game against Giannis, I should say?
3: Man, I, I saw angry Wimby, and I love to see angry Wimby more. You you get every once in a while uh, you know, following this team, but when he sees a guy that he looked up to, he grew up watching, um, that he's going to show out. This is not the first time he's done this versus, an all, versus a star in the league. He did this versus Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant is actually the guy that he followed during his uh, young NBA or young basketball career, I should say. So every time he's a guy like that, that level, that all-star level, Wimby brings – uh, heat to the court. I loved it. I was there. I, uh, eat. Usually I leave my media row seat around the four minute mark just to make my way down to the media section. I stayed there until 30 seconds. That's how insane this game was. There's men, there's not have been much reason for Spurs fans to be cheering at the frost this season, but my goodness, the crowd was electric. The fans were up off their seat. It felt like a playoff game. And I haven't felt that in quite some time in San Antonio. So all in all, the duel between Wimby and uh, Greek Freak was awesome to witness. Wimby was on a minute of restriction, but still put up some damage against Greek and the Bucks. You know, I mean, what more can you say about Giannis? I mean, my goodness, you know, 40 plus points uh, versus San Antonio. It was a great duel. And I I, I don't want to go there yet, but I wonder for me if that game versus the Bucks, even though it was an L, Kind of started shifting the Spurs towards away from at least getting curb stopped, you know, and a little bit more competitive. Uh, So after that game, they played against Cleveland. They took Cleveland to the brink and almost pulled it out. So I'm hoping in a season that's already done, it's it's toast. It's over. Ain't no be play on game. They're playing game. No playoffs. It's all about just getting development in and getting the best lottery odds at this point. So, but I'm hoping it'll just that just turn the corner for this young team where maybe they just be more competitive maybe sneak out a win here and there moving forward yeah those those those
0: intermittent wins even in a lo- season that yeah. you're going to look at and be like hey we're going to be top you know bottom three again we're going to get a top pick yeah. that's cool but you need the occasional win to kind of you mm-hmm. know vindicate what the coaching staff is trying to teach to, to cement mm-hmm. some of those lessons and be like hey what you are doing is right you can only take so many moral victories right where you come up you know a possession mm-hmm. short or five points short and you're in a close game you need some of those those wins for the young guys, be able to feel good about themselves, about what they're trying to grow and build moving forward. Cause right now the Spurs are actually uh, on pace for the worst record of any team in NBA history after mm-hmm. receiving the number one overall pick. So maybe the Spurs should be a little bit better than where they are right now. Maybe they kind of turn that corner at this point in the season, mm-hmm. moving forward, looking a little bit more competitive and, and hopefully uh, removing the minutes restriction off of Wimby will allow them to accomplish that. Last thing I've got for you though, Jeff, Right now, NBA.com's rookie ladder has Chet Holmgren mm-hmm. over Victor Wembanyama yeah. yeah. for rookie of the year. What does Wimby need to do to overtake Chet? Mm-hmm. Or or is it or is it maybe more about what do the Thunder need to not do? Right? Do the Thunder need yeah. to fall off a little bit for Wimby to have a chance yeah. to win the award at this point?
3: I, I think the Spurs are gonna start winning. That's what it comes down to. Uh you know, that's really impacting Wimby so much. He's leading the rookies in m- most stats, if you look at it. From the from the blocks and the steals and the points and you know all that good stuff. Points of the paint, but Spurs are not racking up W's. And I think that's hurting uh Wimby so much right now. It actually fueled him. I'm not kidding. He was asked after the loss versus the Bucks about his performance. And you know, during the media session, somebody asked him, Hey, well, you played pretty good. Did that losing out to the rookie of the month again kind of motivate you? He flat out said, Yes, it did. So uh, he's doing all he can to get that award, but ultimately it's the Spurs. This season is just a bust so far. You got Chad, you know, no knock on Chad, solid rookie, you know, putting up good numbers for them, but he's impacting the team in a positive way, which makes me wonder, like, you know, lift that minutes restriction. Maybe we start getting some 30 points in a row. I mean, at this point, I mean, he has to maybe just do it on his own to get some recognition for the rookie of the month. It's going to be a great race to see how it ends. It, you know, it's really, I mean, could you say it's a three-man race with um, the kid in Miami? I forget his name, uh, Hawkes, I think is his uh, name. Uh, Jaime Hawkins Jr. Yeah. Yeah,
0: look, I, 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 th- I think it, whatever distant third candidate is
3: in the race,
0: yeah. it's going to be a two-man race between Wendy yeah. and Chet to the finish line. Yeah.
3: Yeah, exactly. But it's going to be great to see. But no, that that Spurs record and and uh, it's just really hurting them right now. I wonder. I wonder how that Spurs record may impact him come uh, Western Conference All Stars. I wonder if that will take a take a hit too. If um, you know, you know if that's up in the air for him. But nonetheless, yeah, it's just sad to see. You know, you have got the number one pick, the supposed generational player. Just on a bad team right now. And you mentioned right now on pace to be the worst record, uh, just to finish the season with the worst record after getting the number one pick. Right?
0: With the San Antonio Spurs, how much longer are they going to keep Wimby on a minutes restriction? Will they turn the corner and start picking up some dubs here? Or should they be better than they currently are right now? You'll have us cover for all of that and so much more over at Locked on Spurs. Jeff, thanks for stopping my Locked on NBA with me. Anytime. That's going to do it for another Monday edition of Locked On NBA. As always, thank you so much for checking out the show. If you haven't done so yet, please consider subscribing wherever you listen to your podcasts or on YouTube Just search Locked On NBA. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And while you're there on YouTube, be sure to subscribe to Locked On Sports today as well. Here for you 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On plus our national shows covering every single league. But as always, thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. And we look forward to having you back right here Locked on NBA, the biggest stories with the local experts.